like it feels weird recording on a Sunday. I don't know why. Mm. I feel like we've been on Fridays for a while now, and just uh, I mean, a Saturday might sprinkle in from time to time, but a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, after a couple of cinnamon rolls and and what have you. I mean, I, I've already had one coffee, but I feel like I'm ready for another. But I don't know. It's just, it's it, it's it's a weird day. It's a weird day doing this on a Sunday. How are you doing today? How was your weekend, Mike? Let's just talk about how you drink too much coffee. I definitely drink too much coffee. Um, how was your weekend so far? Besides the obvious of Friday night, seeing seeing what we're here to talk about today, which is which is. Uh, Aladdin. Did you Four. see? Did you see either of those movies? No. <laughs> okay. Men in Black. Did you see that movie? No. Okay. Midsummer. I didn't see that, but here go things. But I did see Booksmart. Not true. I do want to watch that. I do want to see it too. I'll go today. No, nah, I'm not going to movies with you. Well, um, we can eat some popcorn. We don't have to hold hands or anything. And just do what you normally do, which is go to the movie theater, buy popcorn, and then leave. I've done that one time, Mike. Maybe two times. I'm 30. Two times out of 30 years? That's not a lot. It's a very low percentage of times doing that. I feel like that number can only go up. Well, you know, there's room today for that to happen. But before we get into Spider-Man Far From Home, which, by the way, this is going to be a spoiler cast for that. We're going to talk about some other things, too, but we will be mainly talking about Spider-Man Far From Home in great detail. So if you have not seen this movie yet, or if you plan on seeing it, or if you don't want spoilers for the movie for whatever reason, this is your chance to get away. I don't know when we're going to exactly start talking about it. I'll probably do a quick spoiler warning one more time before we do get into it. But we are going to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home in great detail. So please, 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 if you don't want that movie spoiled for you or if we end up bringing up other MCU movies that would obviously be related. So if we talk about Endgame or Captain Marvel or something else, basically, if you haven't seen every movie in the MCU leading up till now, including Spider-Man, and don't want something to get spoiled for you, this is your chance to step away and revisit this episode of the Past Control Podcast when you are ready. But before we get into that, Mike, I guess I guess I should just let people know, in case you are new, this is the Past Control Podcast. Each and every week, we sit down and chat about the latest in video games and nerd culture. As always, I am your host, Brendan Groom, and joining me today is the anime senpai himself, Mr. Michael Lazier. Mike, how are you doing today? Yeah. How was that cinnamon bun, by the way? It's good. Does it live up to Michael's standards here? It's a little crunchy. A little crunchy. It's a little crunchy. Uh, what is the cons- what is the Michael's ideal consistency? Not crunchy. Okay. So you want it to be like ooey gooey, or does it have to have a little bit of that crunch? A little bit of, a little bit of hard to balance out the soft. I just said not crunchy. I I don't know. Well, I'm not saying crunchy. I'm saying like you want a little bit of like hard texture, but not necessarily crunchy. No. So you just want it to be all soft. Yeah. Like, you basically want to be able to lift it up, angle it off your hand, and it just slide into your mouth. That's gross, but okay. So you want a little bit more gelatinous feeling. Mm-hmm. You just want it to melt in your mouth. No. Uh, no? So what, break down Michael's ideal cinnamon bun. Something between uh, 
crunchy and whatever bullshit you were spewing just now. So there is some sort of happy middle ground. All right, so you want it in the middle. Okay. All right. Was your cinnamon bun from there last week? In the middle. As uh, as crunchy as today? Uh, I don't think so. But okay. I wonder if it was just was... because it was chilling in my kitchen for like an hour before you got here. Maybe. Maybe just hardened up a little bit. Listen, I'm not a doctor. I don't. I don't know how things work. Listen, Mike. I just wanna. I just wanna make sure that you are living your best life. Mm-hmm. Wait. What are you doing to your watch? What is that mechanic? So I don't know, like a scroll. Wheel oh, is it like something. a physical wheel that yeah. moves? Huh. And it just swaps between your apps. Yeah, notifications, and I think apps are on this side. What kind of watch is this? This is the uh, Galaxy Watch. Yeah. Is this the watch you've always had? No. How new is this? A couple months now, maybe. A couple months you've had it, or it's only months. been out for a couple months. I've had it for a couple months. Okay. Is it relatively new to the market? I don't know anything about uh, fucking the smartwatch. In that I sense. forget. I think this watch might be a year old. Okay. Um, yeah, it's probably about a year old. So you said Galaxy, so it's the Samsung watch? Mm-hmm. Is it... Do you have a Google phone? Or do you have a Samsung phone? I've got a Samsung phone. Okay, so they probably pair well together. They pair well, but um, I think there's maybe a few things that my old watch could do that this watch can't because it's a Samsung watch. I see. How are you liking it so far? It's fine. I actually picked up a phone call with it the other day. And you talk into your wrist, or do you have headphones on? Talk to my... Like, the speakers came... Like, the sound came out of the watch, Mm -hmm. and I was just talking normally, and the person on the other end could hear me. So with, like, your arm by your side, you just talked? Yeah, I forget what I was doing at the time. I might have been, like... I might have been playing Overwatch, to be honest. And I just kind of... Like, I just haphazardly was like, oh, the phone call's coming in. Let me just answer it. Huh. And it came out fine. I'm definitely, uh, I'm curious. I want, I'm going to call you after this. I just want to see yeah. how, it, how it gets down. That's pretty interesting. Um, so before we get into to our, our meaty, heavy topic today, what we're here to discuss. Now, prior to this, by the way, I made a point to not ask you, because I saw the movie on Tuesday, you saw the movie on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I made a point to not ask you at all anything about your thoughts on the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't even want to know if you liked the movie. I know nothing about your thoughts on the movie. And I intended on doing the same thing with Todd, which is what I did, but Todd is not here because he's a father. What are you talking about, guys? I'm here. And uh, so now I know Todd's opinion on the movie, which we'll get into when we get into it. Um, and I know briefly Dom's opinion. You might actually know more of Dom's opinion on the movie than I do. Uh, we talked to, Him and I talked about it briefly. I think you had a longer discussion with him about I, it. I... Did but that was after he saw it and I didn't see it. So oh, I, so you like a, a like okay. I just asked him like, hey, did you like the movie? And that was pretty much it. Okay, all right. So before we get into that, have you uh, have you been playing anything, Mike? Anything other than the old Overwatch? Anything uh, new popping up in the old uh... Flappy Royale? You're still into that, huh? Uh, have you gotten a win yet? Yeah. What what is it called? I don't know. It like it it makes like this weird. I don't know. Like, this weird kind of music starts playing, and it's very distracting. For those, for the uninformed, explain what's going on here. What is Flappy Royale, Mike? It's basically Flappy Bird, but there's 90 other, 99 other people also playing. I don't know if it's actually concurrent or not. My best guess is that it just kind of keeps track of, like, the same layout, and then, like, 
Okay, so there's no there's, so there's no physical contact with other players. Right. It's just they're ghosts. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I wonder if it's just no. It would have to be concurrent only because, like, how would it know if, if more than one person, person got to the end? end? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know because like basically it's a free app, right? It's a free app. So there's probably enough people to do it concurrently. There's probably enough people. I I mean, I think hypothetically, what could also happen is like, let's say, there's a game that I won, right? Mm-hmm. If someone else plays the same match with me and my ghost they won't win until they've passed where I left off. So, like, you know, I've got one where I went past 22 or 23 pipes. So if yeah. they hit 24, I'll just be like, hey, you won. But they won that match. They didn't beat. So get, so winning a match isn't just outlast. Is it just outlasting everybody or is it, like, getting 100 pipes? Outlasting everybody. Okay. So if everyone died at, like, pipe 20 and you hit 21, yeah. you're good? Interesting. Yeah, so it must be concurrent. I would have to imagine. I mean, it could be, yeah. Because I don't know how... I don't know. It would have to... I feel like it would ha- It would take more work to build a system that would be able to weed out, like, players... Like, it would ha- to weed out players that finished a game knowing that y- where you would finish, if that makes sense. Well, I guess not knowing where you would finish, but being able to, like, plan it in advance for you to... It has to be concurrent. I can't. I feel like the 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 system in place that have to build to make it work the other way mm-hmm. would be too complex, or they would just fill it with fake players. Like it wouldn't be real. I mean, there's. I don't have a way to like. When I start a match, it'll show like a list of all the people playing. Yeah. And it'll be like you know ninety nine people, but it's not like I have the chance to actually vet all ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, it's also Flappy Bird. It's also Flappy Bird. But it's got its fucking teeth into you. Other unlockables? Like, do you get anything for winning? I don't think so. Like, you get a funny hat or something? Or a different colored bird? When you when you start the game, you get to customize your bird, but I don't think anything changes. Like, I don't think I unlock some new things. So what So what is the draw for you? What is? What brings you back? Just that it's on your phone and it's easily accessible? Easily accessible, I guess. Okay. If this was something that you download on your Switch, you'd probably be less apt to play it? I don't know how he'd play on the Switch. I don't think it'd be fun. I guess you could just press the A button. Yeah. And that would flap, but actually, it would, you would have to hold. It'd be weird. Because then you would have to probably hold it in, in a portrait of the Switch. Which, if it's just a one button game, you could do. You could do. You hold it with one hand and then press it with the other hand. You have no Joy Cons attached. You hold the screen and you just tap on the Joy Con. I mean, you could also tap the screen and it's a touchscreen. It's a touchscreen. No. From what I'm get, getting here is that it it's getting your time because it's on your phone, and you can yeah. bust it out in short bursts. Like I used to play uh, color. Oh man, I kind of miss Color Switch. What that game still exists? Color Switch. Mm-hmm. What is that? I can't remember exactly how the game worked anymore. Like you, I don't remember how the game worked anymore. Like you, it was like a simple mobile game, and something happened with colors. Like you were like a a sphere of some sort and you had to go through obstacles but you had to like the obstacles were different colors and you had to like wait till your color switched to the same colors you could actually go through the obstacle okay if I remember that right you should probably download Ding Dong XL I feel like you would enjoy that I feel like if I don't like the name yeah I feel 
<laughs> minus the name, I feel like you you would enjoy this game. It, I feel like it fits your criteria. Maybe. I honestly, Flappy Bird, Flappy Royale rather is probably the peak of your mobile gaming. No, I was gonna say like I don't do mobile gaming that much anymore. So Flappy Royale was an outlier. I think I've played. Yeah, it's only a book. I have it on my Switch. It's only a dollar there too, I think. Um, but it's basically just you're this little circle and you go back and forth and you're dodge the shapes. So it's a one button, yeah. back and forth. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I don't do a lot of mobile gaming, so this is I, I can't imagine me doing too much more. In the uh, in the switch, I'm assuming it's only in the Switch version. In the Switch version, you can unlock so you can unlock a bunch of different like icons for your circle thing. There's like kind of funny logo and like a few other things. Uh, Kirk Scott. Oh, good for him. His face is in there. Good for him. That's when you know you've made it. It's pretty cool. When you're in a video game. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if your face was floating up and down? Uh, no. Why not? I wouldn't want that. You'd probably be a harder piece to use because I feel like your afro would give you like a not a full circle shape. So it would be like a... Or I'm like a moon, my face. Mm-hmm. I've been called a moon many times. Yeah. I feel like I would I would be a very balanced character where you would have like a... The top half would be a little bit wider, bottom a little bit skinnier. So like on, you have to like account for that on the up and downs. Your hitbox would be I- I- irregular. It wouldn't be a perfect circle. You remember that episode of The Office where Michael gets his foot stuck in what was it, a waffle iron? <laughs> uh, George Foreman Grill. George Foreman Grill. Yeah, yeah. Because he wanted to wake up to the smell of bacon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Dwight runs out. And he crashes his car. Is it when he hits Meredith? Or no? No, he just, like, he was in such a rush to get out, like, he just crashed into a pole or something. Um, later on in the episode, they were doing something. I think they were doing, like, it was office safety, right? Uh, maybe, yeah. And they were talking about something, and the guy running it, he was like, what's wrong with that moon-faced guy over there? I think he had a concussion. He was talking about Dwight. His face isn't really moon-faced, though. Like, I have a very round head. Listen, I I might be misquoting it, but I feel like for some reason that was, like, the line that stuck with me. Oh, hey, I mean, he might have said it. I just feel like I have a rounder head than Dwight. Dwight's a little bit more elongated. I suppose. I'm going to watch that episode. The Office is so good. The Office is so good, Mike. Um, But, yeah, playing anything else other than Flap Royale? Nope. For me, it's been pretty much Super Mario Maker 2 non-stop since it came out on friday um i'm like addicted to the the just creating levels i uploaded my sixth level last night i think or my fifth my fifth or sixth i can't remember um and i'm already started my next one and i bought a stylus for my switch just mm-hmm. pretty much for this game and i'm like i'm just in love with like i've i honestly probably put in about 15 hours maybe 20 hours already over this past couple days and just there's a a lot of stuff they added there's a lot of new items and and things you can do in stages when you're making and I feel like I'm experimenting more with types of stages that I didn't build in the first one like I built a I built a shmup Mm -hmm. um, where you're basically flying a Koopa car or a Koopa clown car and I have like enemies and certain obstacles and you can charge up your you can like shoot out of it you can charge up your shot to like break blocks to like 
make paths and stuff, but it's in a scrolling level, so it's, like, slowly moving, so you have to, like, I don't know, fly to the end, kill everything? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just, there's so much you can do, and, like, I feel like I'm now experimenting more with, like, these types of things that I didn't really play around with too much in my, in creating on my end in the first game. Um, the level I just, t- Todd and Joe are apparently garbage at Mario, because I I've made levels that, like, I don't try to make trolley levels. I don't try to make, like, super hard levels because, A, I can't beat, like, the super crazy levels that are, like, you got to, like, do this ridiculous platforming stuff that in a normal Mario game you wouldn't do. But, like, in the in the physics of how Mario games are, you can do this stuff. It's just not how Nintendo makes their levels. So I, I try to make, like, challenging yet fair levels, mm-hmm. but that aren't, like, revolved around these, like, crazy mechanics that are very hard to pull off. Um, but they're like struggling with these levels. So I made a new level last night called, um, up, up on Koopa Troopa Hill, I think it's called. And you have to collect five red coins to beat the level. So I have like, again, not too many enemies, not super hard platforming. I have five red coins strewn about and I like part of the, the inspiration for the level for me was I feel like in Super Mario 64 you had to collect like certain stars were like collect eight red coins and then the star would appear Mm -hmm. so I have it set so that when you collect all five of the red coins you get a key you open the door you go in the door it puts you in a little room that's just a star bouncing around and you can set like win requirements for levels now I don't remember that being in the first game so you can set the game to you can set the level to be like oh you need to collect 50 coins to win, or you need to beat all the Goombas to, or something like that. You can set requirements to how to to make the flagpole appear. Yeah. So for this, it's when you it's you the the requirement in the game is win while using a star. So for me, it's just like all right, I'm gonna set it so that you collect the five coins, you open the door, you you, you can't not get the star. You open the door, you go in the room. It's a very small room, and the star just hits you. And then you go in the next door, and it puts you right at the goal. And there's no other way to go to the goal. So I like it was like me trying to like force a Mario 64. Where you get the coins, you get the star, you win. Mm-hmm. Like that's like what I was trying to go for. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it sounded better in my head, but you get what I'm trying to do, right? Yes. So I, I just I feel like I'm diving deeper into level making. Like, more so than I did with the first game. Even though I did make a lot of levels of the first game, I just feel like I'm trying to, like, all right, let me try to, like, plan things out to be, like, constructed a certain way. And what I will say is, so the first game didn't have this. This game has, like, a single-player mode that's um, built around... I'm sorry. It's a single-player mode that has, like, 100-plus courses built by Nintendo staff and from what I'm probably like halfway through that and from what I've noticed is at least most of the levels it does a really good job of kind of giving you inspiration on how to use items when you're making your levels so it's not necessarily that it's every level is or isn't teaching you something but it I feel like a lot of them are purposely made in a way that's like hey like this is how you're going to beat this level, but while you're playing it, if you're paying attention, like, this is how these items can be used in different ways than normal, like, stuff like that. So it's just, it's a really, 
if you're if, I feel like if you're stumped with trying to create levels, obviously you got to have some sort of creative bone, I think, to like put some stuff together that's you know other than just like random nonsense. Um, I feel like playing through a single player level levels are a really great way to like inspire creation for yourself if you're stuck or you know want to make something that's a little bit more either well designed or you know has some more like interesting mechanics outside of normal mario stuff so if you're if you're playing this and you're looking for good inspiration i definitely found a lot you know playing through those nintendo made levels um do you have any interest in mario maker not really no just because you don't want to make levels, or uh, that's probably part of it. And I don't really care about playing through the single player that much. But don't you like Mario games, or no? Yeah, I do. Uh, but maybe I'm more of a like 3D Mario, like. Oh, so not a side scroll. Not a side scroll. Maybe I'm more of like a yeah Super Mario. I can't say Galaxy because I didn't play Galaxy for no reason other than I think when I bought my Wii, the only game I ended up getting was. Uh, Smash, but you know, Sunshine and 64. Odyssey and sixty-four. Yeah. So why would you lead with Galaxy? Just say those other three games. Because when I started saying Super Mario, when I was thinking about sixty-four, I honestly just couldn't remember what the last part of it was. I was like Super Mario, not World. What one was it again? I forgot. It was just called sixty-four. Yeah, it was just called sixty-four. Um, have you considered making a Flappy Bird level? Um, I have not, but it is probably possible to make something similar. Yeah. The what is the well the next level I'm working on right now is uh, based on Stranger Things mm-hmm. because I just finished Stranger Things season three. Did you start yet? I watched the first episode. Well, what is your how do you feel about it so far? Spoiler free, obviously. Uh, honestly, all those children deserve to be hit. Now I don't know what happens in the first episode. I'm trying to remember. I, I didn't. Well, let's see. I'm I'm just gonna say it. Um, let's see. The main uh, Mike is his name, right? The one that the Daytel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a little asshole. Yeah. Okay. No, he. Yeah. He's a little asshole. Um, Lucas, I don't think he needs to be hit. I think he's just really oblivious. Like he's got a good thing going on with Max. Max, yeah. And he's like dumb. I'm like, come on, kid, get it together. I will say, Mike, Lucas has and always will be the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin is just. I feel bad for him. Mm, Mike, yeah. you gotta watch more of this. You gotta watch more of this fucking it show. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like in that first episode where like he drags everyone up to like, hey, yeah, 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 and like they spend what appears to be the entire day of him just going, Ugh. or even when he, like he was coming back from camp and he's like, hey guys, you know, gold leader, reply back over. I'm like, come on, kid, like don't be so dependent on these guys. Yeah. Um. Mike, they're fucking the best friends. They're all the best friends, and now everything's changing. Yeah, I, I get it. Do you and see Steve in the first episode? Yes. I remember. Is he Steve? He's working? He's working at okay. the place. So the girl that he's working with, do you know who she is? No. So we watched, we watched probably like the first six episodes on the fourth? Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. We must have watched the first six episodes last night. Well, it doesn't make any sense. You, when I showed up with you guys on the fourth, and you said Did we you didn't wa- start yet. You didn't start yet. Okay, so me. we either we must have no, because the fourth was Thursday. The fourth was Thursday. So Friday night we watched probably the first like six episodes, and then yesterday morning we watched the last 
two. There's only eight episodes, I think. Really? There's only eight episodes? I think so. Oh, wow. Okay. That well, so here's whether it's eight or nine episodes, we watched the last three yesterday. So we watched whatever came before that Friday night. And Friday night after, like, we were going to bed, I was, I was sitting there, and I'm like, the whole time, the girl that Steve worked with, works with, looked really familiar to me. But I'm like, I don't, like, I don't think I know this person from another movie or something. Like, I'm assuming they're a young person, mm-hmm. so that I probably, I don't know. But there, there's something about them was like super familiar to me. So then I, IMDb, the cast to find her name and see if I knew her from something else, yeah. and. The reason why she looks familiar to me is because she's two people's kid that now that I know that it's her parents, yeah, it makes sense. It's all I can see is their faces. Oh. Do you want me to tell you who it is or not? Sure. So her mom is Uma Thurman and her okay. dad is Ethan Hawke. Oh. And I didn't know they were a couple. I didn't either. They might not be. Regardless, they have a kid and it's her. And now after I knew that, like especially in the last three episodes, I was like Literally, all I can see is like mostly Ethan Hawke, but sometimes with Herman. But it's like mostly Ethan Hawke's face, and it's kind of like I don't know. It's so weird because I was like watching it. And I'm like, I know this girl. Something like I know her from something. She's in a. Sh- she must be in a show or something. Mm-hmm. And nope, it's because Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. I also didn't know you were a big Ethan Hawke guy. I'm not, but like I don't know. Training Day, I guess. I suppose. I actually don't know if I've ever seen another Ethan Hawke movie. Name one that you think I might have seen. I'm like thinking, I'm like, there's no way you watched any of these movies, so no. Yeah, so Training Day was a, like Training Day was like one of my jams back in the day. Like I've watched Training Day many times. Okay. So then that I mean, makes sense. That that's like the that, main. That's that movie's like what twenty years oldish. Probably it's got a young Denzel. Let me tell you, young Denzel. So like a young Ethan Hawke is, I mean, it's probably close to what this girl is now. So yeah, yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense. Yes, <laughs> it's weird. It's very weird. Mm. But I can also see Uma Thurman in her face. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Anyways, so first first episode, you you feeling it so far? Yeah, it's fine. It's just fine. Yeah. Okay. Like I watched it. It like to be honest, I was like bored at work because I was there the fifth of July and nothing was happening there. So I was like, let me just bang out one episode. Mm-hmm. And I got to the end. I was like, hmm. All right, I'll watch the rest later. Now that I know, it's only. Eight or nine episodes. Yeah, it's like, it's short. I mean, they're hour long, but still, long, it's, but it, like, it flew by. That was that was my problem with a lot of the Netflix shows that there's like a full thirteen season thing, and they're hour long episodes. I'm I'm pretty sure minutes. it's only eight episodes. So the eight the eighth episode might be a little bit longer than an hour, but they're only it's only eight episodes. Because yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I it's it's eight episodes. Um, I I really enjoyed it though. I will say I probably thought the beginning, not not that it was a slow start, but like the way the rest of the season gets, mm-hmm. it's like you fucking once you get to the meat of it, it like it it was very hard Friday night when it was like two or three in the morning to say like, all right, we should probably go to bed because it was like you really want to know what the fuck's like you really want to know what the fuck is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't like hate the second season. Apparently, a lot of people did. I didn't know that was a thing. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. Did you hate the second season? Uh, I don't recall hating it. I mean, I think this first season was probably better just because it was, like, new. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember hating the second season. Apparently a lot of people did. This one is... I'm, I like it a lot. I think it's really fucking well done. I think it's I think it's really good. Um, 
to the, to the point where I had zero interest in that Stranger Things game for the Switch. Where now I'm like, last night and now today I'm like, am I pulling the trigger on this thing? Like it doesn't look like it's super fun, but like I just want some more Stranger Things. And it's like the official companion game, so like it it take it has like some of the events of the show, but apparently it also has like other like character building things that are supposed to be canon to the characters that aren't in the show. So I'm like, no, do I want to do it for that reason? Like, do I care that much? I don't know. It's really good though. I I would I would recommend finishing it. Uh, you know, sooner rather than later. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I got some things on my plate. Like what? What do you got to do, Mike? Uh, let's see. So, I feel like I should finish up my season of Legends of Tomorrow, just because I think I only have three episodes left of that. Okay. Um, someone from work let me borrow a bunch of movies that I, I hate that I'm sitting on still that I have to probably bang out real quick. What uh, movies? A bunch of Muppet movies, actually. Like the new ones? No, the old ones. Oh. That's a random... Did you request these? Yeah. Well, we were talking about it because they let me borrow a couple of Disney movies first, and then uh, we were discussing what else they had that I might want, and I think I was like, yeah, I haven't seen the Muppet movies. I probably, I don't know if I've seen them, or if I did, I saw them so long ago that they- You don't remember, yeah. Don't remember. I mean, some of the old Muppet movies are bangers, Yeah. so, I mean, they might all be good, but- Yeah, so I think I got the original Muppet movie, and, um, shit, what was the other one? I think I have the Muppets take Manhattan, and it was a third one. I don't think it was a great Muppet caper. I'll have to double check when I go home. One of those Muppet movies is very hard to find. There's one of them that's like not, it's like hard to get your hands on, or to watch legally, I guess. Yeah, to make it a point, I uh, before I watch them, I try to make like a a digital copy of them, because they're all on DVD, so I was like, I'll just... Yeah. Make a copy and have it just so, like, whenever it comes down to it. Like, if I'm like, hey, I feel bad that I still have your movie, but I made a copy, but I'm going to watch it so that I don't want to be sitting on sitting your stuff. Yeah. Hold, hold on. Hold on your stuff, Cap. Um, but yeah, to kind of wrap things up, season, Strange Things Season 3, I won't get into any details just because you haven't seen it, obviously. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil the whole world in this episode of the podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm excited for you to watch more when you watch more let me know because I, I, there are some things i want to discuss mm-hmm. and there's not a there's not a post credit scene of the last episode but like the credit starts rolling the last episode and then there's a little bit more after that um and there's like some things that happen and then i'm like i need i need some more i need some other one someone else's opinion on what the fuck is happening here because they they clearly leave it open to maybe make a new season if they wanted to i don't mm-hmm. think there's anything been announced I don't think they've, like, confirmed that there's going to be a, a future season. So. Um, but the way that this story plays out, I feel like I feel like it's been left open in the best way, where if they don't make a season four, I'm cool with how it ends. If they do make a season four, they've, I feel like they've left... I feel like the way that they decided to end it left it open in a way that's, like, good for both, mm-hmm. where I'll feel satisfied if it ends here, I'll feel happy if they decide to make more. It won't feel forced if they do it. If I guess that makes that's a better way of putting it. Um, but we're here to talk about something, Mike. And it's you should play my levels in Super Mario Maker, please. Mm. Not well. You don't have to, but you okay. listener out there, find out my levels. You can go to my Twitter 
and find them. Join our Discord and find them. Play Todd's levels. Play Joe's levels. Uh, let me know what you think. I want some feedback because I want to make cool levels. I want to make levels that people want to play. Anyways, Spider-Man Far From Home, Mike. Yeah. Again, last chance. Apparently, you can listen to the first 30 minutes of this episode because we don't really talk about anything. That's spoiler worthy. But for the rest of this episode, if you don't want to know anything about Spider-Man Far From Home, turn away. Run away. Block your ears. Throw your iPod in the ocean. Don't listen to this. Don't throw your iPod in the ocean. But do turn this off. If you don't want any spoilers for Spider-Man Far From Home or pretty much anything in the MCU, this is your last warning to go somewhere else and not listen to this. All right, Mike. It has been hard the past day and a half to not ask you if you liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Did you like the movie? It was fun. It was fine? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you're going to get a double hmm beard stroke for that. It's disgusting. Why is it just fine? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the, 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 well, There was nothing wrong with it. It was fine. I guess that's the best way to put it. Is it in the top half of your MCU or the bottom half of your MCU? So, when I had spoke to Dom about it, after he saw it, I just I had asked him, like, hey, did you like the movie? And I don't think he went into detail, but he said he liked it more than Captain Marvel. And after I saw it, I thought to myself, you know what? I think that's fair. More than Captain Marvel. He said that or you said that? He said that, and I think I agree. So, I think I probably put Captain Marvel maybe in the middle of the pack. Okay. If it wasn't my favorite, I don't know if I'd put it even, like, below middle. But, uh, yeah, I liked it more than that. Captain Marvel, for me, I'd probably put higher than where you and Dom would put it, because I feel like you guys were just whatever with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were some weaker parts of the movie. Like, I I didn't really care for, like, Marvel. I mm-hmm. thought he was kind of boring. Marvel was a she. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, ta- I'm talking about fucking uh, Jude Law. Jude Law, yeah. I thought he. No, people thought he was going into it, and then we. Oh, found that's that right. That... Okay, yeah. Regardless, I thought he was pretty lackluster. I thought he was boring, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I loved uh, Bree and, and Sam Jackson together. I thought they had fucking great on-screen chemistry. Mm-hmm. I thought they were like fun to watch. Um, and I thought there was a lot of good humor. The scrawl thing in the yep. middle was. It, for me, very unexpected. I don't know if you expected that to be a thing. No. Um, but regardless, we need to talk about talk about Captain Marvel. Um, but Spider-Man: Far From Home, I liked it more than Homecoming. Did you like it more than Homecoming? Uh, no, I don't think so. Really? I don't know. I feel like Homecoming did a lot of things right, whereas. Far from home did some things right. Okay, what what did it do wrong for you? Hmm. Let me think about what I liked about Homecoming as a whole. See, I, as I liked Homecoming, like I, for me, but as far as like other Spider-Man movies are concerned, like up until Far from Home, like Homecoming was I like it better than the Sam Raimi movies, mm-hmm. and I like it. I'm, I, I, I have no interest in the Andrew Garfield movies. Mm-hmm. Spider-Verse is a different thing. Loved Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as live-action Spider-Man movies go, I would say Homecoming was the king for me 
up until I think Far From Home is better. And not to say Homecoming was a bad movie. I think it's really good. Um, I don't know. I think I liked the the overall premise of a you know Spider Man in high school, like living his high school life while also doing the Spider Man shit. Whereas the whole you know vacation trip and then being tugged into the whole Mysterio thing. I don't think I liked it as much. I liked Mysterio. I liked, you know, what he brought to the table. I'm going to go ahead and say it without, like, getting too deep into it and not even putting too crazy much thought into it, but I'd say Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is probably a top five MCU villain. Mm, I don't know. I think there's... mm, I'll open it up a little bit more. I'll say top seven. That's a weird number, but okay. Well, so when I left Far From Home, I forget who asked me, or I may have said it to you, but I, I basically said, because I didn't want to, because no one else had seen it yet, because I started Tuesday night, yeah. and no one else that I cared to talk about the movie to had seen it. And whoever I said it to, I just I was like, for me, it's it's probably in my top seven. Like, I'd probably put Far From Home somewhere in my top seven. Okay. I guess maybe there's how many films now? 24? 23? Uh, yeah, 23 or 24. I mean, I guess you could say it's somewhere in the top 10 just because I don't actually know what my top 10 is. But I would probably safely say Home, uh, Far From Home is somewhere in my top 7. Because Homecoming was somewhere in my top as well. So, And I think this is better, so I would probably just bump this above it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mysterio was a good villain. I, I don't know if I would put him super high up but like you know if there's like a top half he's at least in the top half and then later on i could probably suss out if he belongs how far up he belongs yeah okay we chum up for mysterio yes now you you're probably a little bit more versed in mysterio in the comics than i am mm-hmm. he was a good portrayal of comic mysterio from what i understand yeah um so going into it, I was like, all right, Mysterio's typically a villain who typically uses, like, technology to kind of fake whatever. And, you know, I was ex- I was expecting it to happen. I was expecting the reveal to happen. I just didn't know when. Yeah. And then when they finally revealed and explained his, like, sort of backstory, I was like, all right, that jives. That works. Now, in in any of the comics, is his backstory actually, wor- like, working for Tony? No. I believe he typically worked, like... In the movie industry, like he was. Oh, which makes sense. Which yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I do like the connection to Tony, though. I feel like the, I feel like especially with how. I think it's uh, not, not not that I think I remember I was like reading comments after the fact, and they didn't like that so far. Two Spider Man's villains were basically like people who had beef with Tony Stark, and they just happened to bump into Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. I which mean, isn't yeah. Which is whatever, because this is how they set up Spider Man. This universe, like he's like. Tony Stark's protege at this point. Yeah, which is fine. Which I kind of like. Do you not like that? That he's kind of like his protege. It's you know, it's different. It's fine. I thought it was kind of. I don't want to say cute, but when he's in the plane at the end, like making his new suit, and Happy's like looking at him, like fucking plays ACDC and goes, "I love Led Zeppelin." Yeah, I mean that's that. That's just like yeah. That's like this. Like that's like this. Like Tom Holland Spider Man is like yeah. is like that's him though. 
which yeah. I like. I like his like, you know. Is there another point in the movie where he says a quote? I think it might have been uh, Fury says a quote, and and he goes, "Tony knew you wouldn't have got it because it wasn't from Star Wars or something yeah. like that." It was a quote from another movie. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I forget what it was. No, I think he actually just said it might have been like, uh, it might have been Shakespeare. I can't remember. Like heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. He's like he said you wouldn't get it because it was I don't know. Like yeah. I like that this Spider Man is like. I don't know, like, cause he, cause I draw a lot. Cause it's like pop culture, but like I don't know pop culture. I just know like four things. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm Spider Man. It's great. It's a good through line for someone like me. Yeah, it's great for you. I don't know. I I like it because it it like humanizes him a little bit for mm-hmm. me. It makes him like, hey, like, you know, he fucking doesn't know anything like I do, but he's also super smart, and I'm not. So. Yeah. But I so I part of the whole like the these other through lines with like Tony and Spider-Man and like how they cross over with the villains and stuff like that. I feel like that was all probably planned like far in advance, especially because they knew that Tony would eventually be gone. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they're going to weigh a little heavily on Spider-Man for now, at least. So I feel like that was purposeful. Well, at least this, these first two, I think, whatever happens in the third one would be more on him. Well, as of right now, from what we know publicly, this movie ends Tom Holland's MCU contract. I believe it was set up for four appearances in the MCU. So that would be Homecoming, Far From Home, Civil War, Endgame, Infinity War. I think they treat Avengers 3 and 4 as one movie because they film at the same time. Something weird like that. Uh, Maybe. I feel like that's right that might be true i remember watching a video once where tom holland accidentally spilled the beans that he was doing a third solo film so that may or may not be true yeah i mean they definitely are gonna make more spider-man movies with Mm -hmm. this tom holland i just really hope that they work out the contract to make it work so that he can still be in the mcu at least for a little bit i think sony would be fucking stupid to ditch spider-man again and reboot it which is not what I think they're doing. But I think they have to be a little careful to, like, I know that, like, I know that, do we know how the contract gets broken down? Like, how, mm-hmm. like, does Sony get paid for the movie? I, I've read something in the past, and I don't remember exactly how it shakes out. Like, like, I would have to imagine that it's a mutually beneficial agreement. From what I understand, at least for the solo films, I think... On paper, it, it seems to benefit Sony exclusively. Like, Sony doesn't have to put any money into it, and they get all the money that they make. Something something like that. But, listen, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. Um, so, I... It's, it's tough, because this is really... They, like, if, if this Spider-Man departs from the MCU... It'll be really tough to see how the MCU goes forward just because they've put this big, like, connection. They put the big connection, but his connection is largely to Tony, the one character, one of, like, the few characters they've already written out of the yeah. future. So, like... Well, I mean, potentially they didn't because there's a bunch of rumors going around with, I guess we can kind of talk about the post credit scenes. Mm-hmm. And... 
the second post credit scene shows that throughout the assumingly entirety of this movie, it's not actually Nick Fury. It's a Skrull impersonating him in mm -hmm. Maria Hill dealing with everything on Earth yeah. while uh, Nick is in space, which some people pointed out was... Uh, what is the what is the character's name that that Jude Law plays? Young Rog. So it's Young Rog. It's supposedly his ship, and that's where the Skrull are, Skrull are and Captain Marvel. I don't know. Someone pointed out that it's his ship. No. Not that he's there, but that like she took his ship, mm -hmm. and that's where the Skrull are, and that's where Captain Marvel is. Mm -hmm. Um, so some people are saying that in Endgame, it's not actually Tony that dies; it's the Skrull, and. As much as that might make someone like Todd happy, I feel like that would piss more people off than it would if Tony's not actually dead. Mm -hmm. And I, I also imagine, what's the point? Yeah. I feel like they did so much to build up to this big, like, thing that would set the, you know, gears in motion to go to the next phase of the MCU. Because, I mean, regardless of whatever happens, like, at some point... Actors are going to not want to play these roles. Actors are going to get older. Regardless of what's going on, like, there has to be things that change. So for them to, like, make this big change and then basically recant it seems, like, way too much and unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Especially because I feel like what Far From Home does a really good job of, in my opinion, is it's, like, it helps with that grieving process of losing Tony. Like I, one of my favorite things about this movie is that like going into it, I was thinking, okay, after infinity war, we got Ant-Man that was took place before infinity war. It was much more lighthearted, funnier comedic movie, whatever. It was a good like palate cleanser for me. Like, I feel like it, it kind of put my mind in a better space after like, watching half the MCU get fucking snapped. Mm -hmm. With Endgame, it's like, you know, we watch some of our favorite heroes go away. You know what I mean? Cap's gone, Iron Man's gone, Black Widow's gone. Um, there's confusion about certain other heroes. We know, like, what's going on with Hulk. We have no idea. We know, like, where's Gamora? Like, there's a lot of other things that we don't really know answers to. And... Cap and Tony being some of the bigger ones, Tony especially, going into Spider-Man, I'm like, they're clearly going to have to address this stuff because, A, like, it's taking place after all of these world-changing events, and B, like, Tony and Spider-Man were fucking, that was his fucking guy, you know what I mean? So I like how they addressed it. I liked how at the beginning of the movie, it was like the fucking high school news station. I thought that was, like, funny and, like, cool. I feel like this movie had probably had way more humor than homecoming i think that was purposeful i think part of it was like we want something a little bit more upbeat for after endgame but also i don't know i feel like not that spider-man is typically like a funny character but i feel like spider-man's usually a little bit more of a like a he's got good quips i feel like he's usually a quippier character am i wrong in saying that no that's right um and i feel like this spider-man is still young and not always super quippy so even if he wasn't the one carrying the quips in the movie, I feel like the movie had that flow just because that's typically what you kind of expect for Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, but I liked how they addressed the post-snap. Like, I like how they kind of explained very briefly, like, 
this is what happened to people that got snapped and this is what happened to people that didn't and now that they're back this is what we're doing and like whatever i feel like it's just kind of like here we're going to give you a quick ex- explanation and then all right we're good we're going to talk about this again and it was probably also good for people who maybe aren't like super invested in the mcu and maybe didn't see endgame or if they did they don't really like fucking get it or whatever you know what i mean like it's mm. good for people that maybe they just like spider-man and want to see a spider-man movie you know what i mean to kind of explain away some stuff without having to go into crazy detail um and i like i feel like a lot of the movie too and i think happy i think it's happy at some point says something and i'm not gonna be able to remember the quote exactly but i feel like he says something and there's other parts of the movie that kind of allude to this but it's like yes tony like from our perspective from fans perspective iron man was a big deal robert downey jr playing tony was a big deal like these were like things that were a big deal to us for a long time and now we're living in this world where one of the biggest presence presences in that world was this character who is not going to be here but we're still going to make be doing these movies and making this world and doing all this stuff and i i'm pretty sure it's happy at one point i think it's when they're on the jet and before he starts building his new suit and he says something like i don't know how to live up to him whatever like all this stuff like I'm never going to be able to be him, whatever. I want to say, like, whatever Happy says exactly, I'm not going to know. But it's something like, no one's going to ever live up to that. And I feel like that's more directed at, like, it can be taken both ways. It's like, clearly he's, like, having this conversation, like, yeah, fucking Peter, you're not going to be Tony. No one's going to ever be Tony. But that's also, like, to people like Todd, who was like, I'm not going to care about the MCU now because Robert Downey Jr. held that thing together. Yeah, like, we're still going to make good movies, cool movies, build this world. No one's ever going to be that. Like, what Iron Man did, you know, 11, 12 years ago, however long it was at this point. 11 years? Yeah, 2008, so, yeah, 11. 11 years. 11 years ago that we make this movie, it changes, the like, what superhero movies used to be and how, what they are going to become. It's a character we all fell in love with. It was a really well-done movie. All these things, like, nothing's ever going to be that again. Like, we're already, we're 11 years later. We're in this world where superhero movies are a normal thing that come out three to six times a year, if you're including, like, non-MCU movies. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's never going to be this this thing that made that same type of mark. Will there be other characters that you fall in love with and have a strong connection to? Absolutely. But, like... No one's ever going to be that Tony again. Nothing's ever going to hit like that. And I feel like that that quote, and it like hits even more because, oh, fuck, I can't say it. I Something outside of the MCU that I don't want to spoil for you. Uh, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'll when, when the time comes, I will bring it up because mm-hmm. I'll know when the time is. But it's not now, and it's not in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um there's a media that you have to ingest before I can say what I want to say, if that makes sense. I'm not going to watch Big Brother. You know that, right? Damn it. It's not Big Brother. But I'll I'll know when the time is right, and I'll bring it up to you. But there's – it's just – it's a – for me personally, it was just a good scene of, like, the growth with this character, but also, like, hey, we're going to, like, speak to you directly in the audience. Like, you gotta you got to let go of this, like, fantastical idea that there's going to – you know, Tony is gone. It just is what it is. Now, one of Todd's gripes, because Todd did not like this movie. Mm-hmm. One of Todd's gripes was that 
there wasn't enough action. And I don't know if I, I I'm, I, I'm not the big action guy. Like I don't really care. But I thought the action sequences in the movie were really good. I actually like loved his first fight with Mysterio. I thought it was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was great. Like I thought that whole thing was probably the best CGI the MCU's ever had so far. It was really well done. Like it, like it gave me Doctor Strange vibes, but better. It actually made me think of uh... Inception. Um, your fights with Scarecrow and Arkham Asylum. Did you play Arkham Asylum? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, those, those games, games are great. Um, it was really well done. Like, I liked it a lot. Like, I, in my brain, I'm trying to think, like, how it makes sense in, like, mm-hmm. in the movie, but it doesn't matter because it it's matter. so cool. Uh, so, again, when I had spoke to Dom after he saw the film, I said, did you like it? And he said, whatever. And he said, but it does have what I think is the best Marvel. Let me see if I can find the exact thing he said. And I'm sure he was talking about that. I never actually, I never bothered verifying it with him. But after I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's probably what he was talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely, like, it's the marquee fight scene of the movie, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. the final fight isn't bad, but this one was way cooler just because of the effects. Just because of, like, how it was visually to us. Um uh, I don't want to ruin anything, but I will say my new favorite fight scene in Marvel, at least in at least Marvel movies. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really fucking cool. Like I liked it a lot, which is so. Which brings me to my next thing is that, do we think that Mysterio is dead? I think it doesn't matter. Why? Because he was essentially an illusion anyway. So, and he had like a bunch of people working for him. So even if you know, Quentin Beck is dead. Someone could run around with the technology and just keep doing the same shit. Also, that suit's still there. That lady was eyeing the cape out. Well, so, so wait, let me... So, even if the physical person of Quentin Beck is dead, do you think that Mysterio as, like, that character is going to be dead in the MCU? Like, do no. you th- like, do you think Jake will come back? Because I thought he was amazing. Like, I thought he was really good. Which is another reason why I'm surprised Todd didn't like the movie, because I feel like... Todd loves Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, I don't know about that, but I just feel like he was a really... Like, I feel like he was a good actor in the movie. I mean, I feel I feel like Todd called me up. He's like, hey, you know, Mike, I literally loved Jarhead, and I was so... <laughs> what a random pull. I was... Believe me, I was I was scratching my head. I'm like, all right, what Jake Gyllenhaal movies do I have in my head? Uh, Nightcrawler and Jarhead. We'll go with Jarhead. Southpaw. I didn't see Southpaw. I didn't either. I'm not a Jake Gyllenhaal stand. I also didn't see Nightcrawler. But... Or Brokeback Mountain? I didn't see Brokeback Mountain. Me either. We're not fucking Gyllenhaal stands at all. But I did see Jarhead, which actually, when I think about it, does not make any sense. Was that was that the one that... Did that one get nominated for like awards and stuff? It might have. Or am I thinking of a different a war different movie? movie? Oh, yeah. Like that's... The Quiet Box or something? The Silent Box? The... I don't remember. It was like uh, It was a movie about... like. I've never seen it. Well, or the other one that I might be referencing. There's definitely another war movie that's called like The Quiet Box or it something. It was a movie where, and it might be Jarhead or it might be this other movie we are talking about, where they had to they had to find bombs like they were minesweepers, basically. Or, or something like that, right? Finding, wait. Like they were, they were out in the army, like active duty, and they had to like look for landmines. Or like, not look for landmines. This was they, Jarhead? 
I just said, I don't remember if it was Jarhead or this other movie that you're thinking of. Wait, so you you know the other movie I'm talking about? I think so. Kind of. Okay, well, regardless, I've seen neither of them, so okay. I have no fucking idea. No. I think the other one is the one that might have gotten nominated for stuff. I mean, Jarhead might have as well, but the other one, I want to say it took, like, the entirety of the movie took place in, like, a short, like, time. Like, it wasn't like a, like, the, the movie itself, like, took place over, like, a day or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I think I think it had something to do with bombs. I don't fucking know. Like it was war. I, was Anthony Mackie nineties movies? Um, I don't know. I know him from from two things: the MCU and Eight Mile. I don't yeah. know him from anything else. It's so, it's so dumb, but it's it doesn't. <laughs> so I saw a tweet. I don't remember if I sent it to you or tagged you in it, but it was literally just. Was he on the cover of Rolling Stone this month or something? I think he might have been because it was like him on the cover and it said like who is the new Iron Man and someone just quote tweeted who like Rolling Stone's thing and it just said his real name is Clarence <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed really hard because uh, it's like who is the real Iron Man it was really Clarence yeah, it was or not another new Iron Man sorry Captain America yeah um so fucking went to Cranbrook that's a private school <laughs> it's so dumb but I love it anyway what a fucking career for him huh yeah great what does he known for anything else i mean i'll say he's done other movies but yeah but like big but i feel like that's a i feel like that's did, kind of a trend in the mcu though i feel like a lot of actors in the mcu are like kind of nobodies like the first thor did hemsworth wasn't really anybody right none besides there was uh tom hiddleston yeah the first phase of the MCU, at the very least, I would say, in terms of, like, the star of the film, RDJ was the biggest Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, everything else was just kind of, like... Was Favreau, actually was in, Favreau even a big deal back then? I, or did Iron Man kind of catapult him into being, like, whoa? I think Iron Man probably catapulted him. Uh, I was going to say, Edward Norton was also kind of a big deal, too. But, but that was, like... But they kind of... They fucked up the Hulk movies. I don't even consider the Hulk movies fucking MCU. I mean, they are, but I don't. Or one of them is? One of them. The one Edward, Edward Norton. Norton. Okay. Yeah. Um, the first, so the Edward Norton film is the MCU. The other one is a different actor. Mm-hmm. Who is it? It's not Eric Mark Ruffalo. Banner. Eric Bana. Do we have a story as to why it went from Norton to Ruffalo? Uh, ultimately, I've heard a couple of different things. I think it was a case of either it was probably it's sort of like uh with uh terrence howard where they just had problems working with the guy for one reason or the other i think terrence mm-hmm. howard wanted more money i think ed norton was either a prima donna or like he he wanted more control than they were willing to let him have interesting i don't know i i don't i haven't rewatched the hulk movies in a long time but my remembrance of them is bad so didn't the Edward Norton one come out after Iron Man 1? Yes. Yikes. It came out like two, three months after. Can you imagine? Like, I, I can't. I mean, maybe we could find an article from that time. But, like, can you imagine, like, Iron Man comes out. It's this fucking, I'm assuming, big deal. I think it did very well, it did, didn't it? It was a surprising smash hit. Yeah. And then three months later, the Hulk comes out, and it's a fucking dumpster fire, I'm assuming. Uh, or maybe it, it performed well, but it just didn't. It performed okay. Okay. Like I would, I wonder at that time what like the Marvel Studios heads was it Kevin Feige always? Uh, I think he was always in charge. So I wonder at that point when it was like fuck, like fuck, like that, can we do this? That was it was one movie and it went 
when Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America. Interesting. But Iron Man 2, I mean, I don't know. Iron Man 2 was kind of whatever to me. Iron Man 2, I didn't care for Iron Man 2 because Iron Man 2 was... A lot of it felt too much like it was setting up the fact that they were doing a crossover. Okay. I mean, for me, Iron Man 2 is whatever. Iron Man 3, I enjoyed, but still wasn't like... I don't know, it's probably middle of the pack for me, maybe lower half. Yeah, and Iron Man 3 came out after Avengers, so whatever. Yeah, interesting. So other other highlights from the movie, I would say um, I thought Zendaya was great. She was probably one of the best parts of the movie, too. I think she was really, like, I think her just acting and, like, mm. joke delivery and stuff was really well done. Um, I don't, I'm not mad that she's the new MJ. I don't, it literally doesn't fucking matter to me. I don't know why people are so mad about it. Uh, Do you care she, that she's MJ? She's, um, let me think. Because now I'm, like, then forced to compare her to the other iterations of MJ I've seen in the past. And because I wasn't a big comic book reader, that means I have to compare her to Kirsten Dunst and the MJ in the old animated series. Okay. And, you know, she's very different from those, which is fine. Um She's like her own thing, so yeah. Whatever. But 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 I like it though. Like I don't, I I don't get why. Like Joe hasn't seen Far From Home yet, but he's so mad that Zendaya is MJ. Like to the point where he doesn't want to see the movie now. Like I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Like I just it's just a weird thing to get held up on. Like if she had red hair, would that matter? Because that's some people's gripe is that she doesn't have red hair. I'm like, what the fuck is the point here? Listen, I think. MJ as a character has maybe two defining characteristics. One, being Spider-Man's love interest, and two, having red hair. So why can't she be more than that? She cannot. Well, Those are the rules. Well, I think this is proving that she can. I feel like Zendaya's MJ is a little kind of a badass. But she doesn't have red hair. I fucking hate you so much. Um, and uh, his friend, which I can't remember the art. Ned. Ned. Um, he's great in it. I think That's he's fun. super funny. I, th- I think the movie is very funny. Like, I didn't expect it to be this funny. I also, so going into it, I expected to enjoy the film. And it's not that I had low expectations for it, but I don't think I was expecting to love it as much as I did because I really enjoyed it. Like, there are very few things in the film that I'm like, man, whatever about. Like, I, it was very enjoyable. Um, what Was there anything else that stood out to you or something that was like, you wanted to bring up uh, or something you didn't like because i had a hard time trying to sit down and think about things i didn't like yeah because i i enjoyed it i thought it was just a good time like i, I it 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 did what i needed it to do and it was to make me feel make me well give me a film that i enjoy and also make me feel confident that the future of the mcu is is going to be good still mm-hmm. and it did both of those things mm-hmm. which is what i wanted it to do so um let's see here so mysterio was fine uh you know the characters were good um i don't know what was what's the thing that's holding it back for me think about the thing that's holding it back for you and i'll i'll bring up some other random stuff Mm -hmm. i love that the glasses were called edith or his new like system is edith yeah um were you expecting it to be Tony's voice when you put him on? No. A lot of people were. Todd included. Thinks that he's going to at some point get an AI that's Tony's voice. Mm-hmm. And I don't see why that would be a thing. It just seems weird. Yeah. 
um, yeah, I didn't expect that. I think we talked about that prior to this, like, oh, you know, he can come back as, you know, Spider-Man's AI, but it didn't cross my mind that would actually happen. Yeah. So, like, I forgot about, I forgot that even being an idea. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a possibility. It just seems like a, it just seems like a, like, this movie did its job of trying to, like, it, it was like, it was, the mo- the movie was meant to be Spider-Man mourning over the loss of Iron Man, the world mourning over the loss of Iron Man, and us. And for me, it was like the perfect, all right, phase three is done. We're moving on here. It's phase four. We're moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Plot-wise... Did it did it make you mad that like when it must be the first time that Peter goes to Mysterio's little like lair thing mm-hmm. and he says like why don't you get someone else to do this? Yeah. And it's like, no, you're the only one that can do this. Like, was that a weird plot hole that like why isn't why aren't they contacting any other fucking superhero? Or is it like Nick has them doing other shit right now. Uh, it was not a weird plot hole to me. It was, as a matter of fact, I think, and the person I saw it with didn't buy it that much, but I think it it made more sense to me at the end, where it's like, hey, you know what? He probably really just couldn't find anybody else. Well, I mean, where's Black Panther? Hmm? He's got to be on Earth in Wakanda, I would imagine. Yeah. No, I mean, like, Talos himself was Oh, okay. kind of screws. Like, I don't know who to find for this kind of shit. And also so Black you, Panther. So do you think Nick's been gone for a little bit then? I think he probably wasn't there the entire film. He was probably he was probably oh, really, I, yeah, I, he was probably really there for the, at least the funeral. I think I don't think Nick has been like gone for a while. I think he's just been gone at least as of recently. Yeah, I don't think Nick I don't think actual Nick Fury was in any part of the film besides the post credit scene. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was like the point of the reveal is like no no no, like this has been the scroll the whole time. Um. Okay, so I guess it, I guess based on that principle, if it's like, this is the only person I can find, we're gonna fucking do it with him. Sure. Yeah, and I also feel like, unless like it was like a huge deal. Uh, what's his face? Uh, T'Challa probably wasn't gonna leave Wakanda because I mean that yeah. probably has to be rebuilt because they got, they got fucked up and at least in Infinity War got mm-hmm. fucked up. Um. I'm sure some of it got rebuilt in that five-year gap. Because uh, there were still some oh, people, yeah, some people some, alive. In, in my mind, I thought you said Endgame. I was like, well, Endgame just happened. They didn't have five years, but you're talking about Infinity War, which would have been five years prior. Yes. Yeah, and I don't I don't think all of Wakanda got snapped out. I think just half. It, it would have been likely half. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure some of it got rebuilt already. But yeah, I mean, or again, there could be other things going on at the same time that we just don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. Like, Whatever the next Black Panther movie is could just be the plot of it happening at the same time. Yeah. And that's why Nick's like, nah, fuck that. Like get mm-hmm. get Peter. He's the only one not doing anything. Meanwhile, I'm up here in space with fucking Marvel and Black Panther's down there dealing with fucking Fish Guy. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Lamore. Lamore. Which is the rumor for his for his movie. Mm-hmm. Um When it comes to the first Post credit scene, the mid credit scene, mm-hmm. they're swinging around with MJ, whatever, blah blah. 
how did that character reveal hit you? It was good. It was good, right? It was good. Um, so, to tell you more about my movie-going experience. I want to know. Um, so, sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. First, first post credit scene, or I guess it's really the mid credit scene. The mid credit scene happens. And... I'm like, oh, what's going to happen here? Because people were talking about it. And then J.K. Simmons shows up. And I was like, oh, wow, they got him back. Good for them. Um, the scene ends. He's perfect for that role. Yeah. I mean, he's, that's like, he's perfect for that role. Yeah. So the scene ends. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to just start looking at. I wasn't going to like read full blown comments about the movie. So I'm like, I know it's still a post credit scene. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil too much for myself. So I'm just going to like look around a little bit like I normally do. And I go to, you know, the Reddit thread about the movie. And I was looking at the cast list, and I could see that one of the names was marked as a spoiler. I'm like, oh, this must be J.K. Simmons as J. John Jameson. So I click on it to reveal the spoiler, and it says, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. like, well, fuck that one up. You fucking idiot. Um, that being said, yeah, that was... Uh, that was cool that they brought him back, and they, you know, they changed his look a little bit because, yeah, different time. He's, exactly. he's playing a different character now. Uh, I will say, so I don't know how much you play. Like, I know this is his character, but I don't know how much you played of the Spider-Man game mm-hmm. for PS4. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it was more in line with it was that, more in line with that, yeah. Which I think is purposeful, but also it's like to kind of go with the times. Like, yes. newspaper I, print media is dead. Like, I definitely that. got like Alex Jones vibes that from the from what they were going with there, and yes. I think that's definitely their point. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know if there's multiple occurrences of this, but did you catch the Spider-Man PS4 game, like, Easter Pitching? egg in the movie? I, when, when he, he takes that picture, selfie, yeah. it's, that's, that's fucking, like, it's 100% a call out to yeah, that yeah. game, which is great. I loved it, especially because playing that game, I spent so much time in photo mode. Yeah, like, no. it was great. Um, I, I meant to look to see if there were other nods to, like, other stuff like that, and I didn't look yet. So, I'm still struggling... Not struggling, but, you know, with this series being way different from Spider-Man the past, he's still a kid at this point. Yes. Like, he's... It's like 15. It's like 15. Like, he's barely halfway through high school. Or maybe he's 16, because when they're in the bar, his classmate... Or when they're on the plane, his classmate orders a drink, Mm -hmm. and uh, MJ says, he got snapped. He's only... He's not 21. He's not 21. So they must be 16. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know about the whole revealing him to like the whole world thing. So, so that's the other thing is, so this is the other thing I meant to bring up is how, where are we at here? Regardless of what they do at Mysterio, if they just don't use him again, or if they use him as just this fake thing where obviously Jake comes back to play the character, but Quentin Beck is not alive. Because we get this, like, clearly doctored scene of him laying on the ground, like, dying with the Spider-Man stuff that did happen, Mm -hmm. but him acting over it. At the end of that fight, the guy in the fucking whatever, he downloads something to a USB and leaves. Mm -hmm. So is he just downloading, like, all the fucking Mysterio tech? to take so he can just continue to be Mysterio mm-hmm. or is he doing something else or like the, that that USB is clearly something important or else why the fuck would even show it you know what I mean 
Well, I imagine he was doing both, Masiro Tech and also that video. So you think that's where the video comes from? Yes. Like, not that, like, Quentin's still alive <clears throat> and then, like, makes it. It's just that guy is going to just fucking make the video and then send it to the news, I, the that, news quotes. That was his plan when they had decloaked. When the thing got decloaked and he had a conversation with him, Quentin Beck had a conversation with the guy, like, running the controls. And he says, like, yeah, decloak the whole thing. And he's like, I, don't worry about it. I got a plan or something like that. So you think he already had a backup plan in case that some shit went down? Interesting. For when that shit started. Regardless, though, whether Quentin Beck is dead or alive, that was clearly something that had to be stitched up after the fact because mm-hmm. they used the actual scene of yes. like ter- execute all the drones. Mm-hmm. But out of context, it meant, sounds like he's saying execute all the people. Yeah. Um. Interesting. So. So I think this, at least at the bare minimum, whether Quentin is dead or alive, leaves it open to them continuing to use Mysterio yes. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, with someone who's a conspir- clearly like a conspiracy theorist type, like J- Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. that could like perpetuate it as being like a It was a definitely a thing. So up until like revealing as Peter Parker, it was definitely um, a good way to... Because at this point no one was really against Spider-Man like like I feel like the world saw him as like working with the Avengers like he was a cool dude yeah he was helping out the neighborhood and all that stuff so there was no reason for people to turn on them unless something like that occurred yeah so the, this was a good way to kind of do that so do we think that part of the plot of Spider-Man 3 is going to be them dealing with this as Spider-Man is potentially like not a good person well between that and you know people now being aware like hey this kid is spider-man so i read a theory that had said how they're gonna subvert that is just have a scroll impersonate peter mm-hmm. and like make spider-man and peter show up in the same place yes i've seen something similar to that um i just don't know who this like i don't know who they would pin like make spider-man like i don't know who they would pin it on and because that also i don't remember that also wouldn't help the fact making spider-man not a villain i don't remember what he uh what they had revealed or what mysterio had revealed in that little that little video thing Mm -hmm. but like were they aware that the drones could make illusions no i don't because if uh... if the if it does, then it'll be like, hey, you know, that's just, you know, a fake. Like, he's faking it. Oh, that's right. So I don't... They'll, they'll be... Yeah, it'll definitely be a, pl- a plot point for sure, I think. But I think it also... I think it also is just true to the character to have, like... That constant antagonist of, like, hey, I, I fucking hate Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. Jameson's thing is always just disliking Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think introducing that element to to the movies will be good for the future of this character. To be more in line with his comic book self in certain ways. And this throws a wrench into him working for Jameson at any point. Yeah, but I also feel like... I mean, I, again, I'm not like, super into the comics. At what point does Peter want to be a photographer 
Um, I forget if he wants to be a photographer so much as it was like a quick way for him to like pay get the, cash because in the comments and stories prior to this, like him and his aunt were usually strapped for cash. Yeah. Which I can't tell if they are or are or not, but at least with this May shown in this movie, mm-hmm. that she's clearly like still like like the volunteer type, like yeah. giving back. So I don't know what her I don't know what their financial status is. Yeah. Kind of irrelevant at this point maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But huh, okay, I didn't know that that was the reason why he ended up working for the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. Um Hmm. I could see. So who's the? There's that one character that likes MJ and is trying to like make Peter look like the bad guy. Yeah. Um, what was his? His name is not super important. Brad, I think. Yeah, Brad might be right. He clearly had a love for photography, so I wonder if they end up using him as like he goes on to work for the Bugle and he's trying to take pictures of Spider-Man, especially knowing now that it's like Peter. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? To try to catch Spider-Man doing something? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they don't even go that route. Maybe they just maybe they just simply keep J.K. Simmons, uh, J. Jonah there, simply to be like a background annoyance or to like make other certain people dislike Spider-Man mm-hmm. or go after Peter's family, which is clearly probably the other thing that they're doing this for. It's to out his identity so that now MJ is at risk, now Aunt May is at risk, mm-hmm. people in his personal life are at risk. For a villain to come along to do something, because mm. it was like one thing when uh, when Volter figured it out, and then he like had, like kept it to himself. Yeah, I do. We wonder if they're gonna bring. I mean, they kind of kept the door open because they had what Volter and Scorpion meet yeah. in jail, so they ha- they have the ability to like do something here. Mm. Who makes up the Sinister Six? Is Mysterio in the Sinister Six? think so is our vulture and mysterio uh vulture and scorpion in there yeah i think so so it's them three doc ock yeah. lizard uh i don't know lizard but maybe like shocker and electro okay shocker probably i don't know i mean i don't know but shock i feel like shocker is usually a main like a bigger villain yeah shocker was in homecoming yeah kingpin or no no is he typically a daredevil villain well he was a daredevil villain that became a spider-man villain but that's neither here nor there. He's just like, it's like his own guy. Hmm. The last thing that we should probably bring up before we wrap things up here is what do we think? So clearly there's some op- options for the next Spider-Man movie with the first post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. The second post-credit scene seems a little bit more dictated towards the future of the MCU as a whole. Yeah. Do we think this is setting up like secret invasion or um no i think it's just maybe along the lines of things getting more uh galactic in terms of uh are you familiar with the plot of secret invasion or no yeah the scrolls had invaded earth for whatever reason i guess they want our planet for but are the scrolls like technically bad in that case yes so in this, in the MCU version of the scroll, it seems like they're good, mm-hmm. or at least whatever they are, like they need help, and we're helping them. Mm-hmm. So like I can't see them attacking so, us in that way. I will say that people have brought this up in the past, and I forget who it was. Maybe it was Kevin Feige. Maybe it was just some some guy on the internet 
who basically said like hey we saw what a small group of the scrolls were up to which were the ones that captain marvel kind of rescued mm. whatever but like as far as we know their planet was destroyed and like their people were like, scattered across you know the universe so there might be a group that are not so nice interesting do you think that will be what the next like setup is like they could the do next it. like ensemble film my guess is whether it's the new avengers or some other group film they'll probably sprinkle those in every you know couple years or something a larger ensemble film i would be would be my guess yeah to kind of keep the same model that the mcu's had for the past whatever 11 years mm-hmm. would it make would you would that would that be a big enough event to build up to you think uh yes although i don't know i don't know if i really want to see a secret invasion it'll be fine i wonder if there's like i wonder if you know just kind of saying random things that are coming into my head right now i wonder if it would make sense for them to build up some to some sort of avengers type film where the scroll are or part of the scroll are the antagonists and they impersonate the dead avengers to kind of come back and like fuck with them that way i i think that'd be a stupid plan on their part how come the whole part of Secret Invasion was, was for them to go in as secret. If they show up as people that people know are dead, that doesn't, doesn't yeah. really yeah, help I guess. invade. You have to show up as people like, oh. Well, maybe not show up as, like, we're dead people. Like, show up as, like, you know, again, trying to fool people. Like, I'm showing back up as Tony. Mm-hmm. People think it's Tony. And he's, like, coming back with a message, air quotes, mm-hmm. that's a, a message that's meant to, like, hurt people. But because people are like, oh, my God, fucking Tony's back, they believe it or something. I don't know. I, again, think that would arouse more suspicion than going in, you know, covertly as, oh, look, it's, it's you know. Is it, though? I mean, think about it. Like, think about someone that they, they trust. Like, I feel like most of them would trust Fury. So if Fury is... Fury, who was alive. But if Fury is incapacitated in some way... Mm-hmm. And they go down as him, mm-hmm. and he's like, I, I, I was able to bring Tony back with the fucking Soul Stone. Something dumb, you know what I mean? Like something like not not dumb, but like something like that. Like would that would that be Listen, a way to do it? If you're trying to come up with a scenario to bring back RDJ, then yeah, no, sure. Well, I no, suppose so that's I'm not fine. trying to bring back RDJ. That's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a way that would make sense for them to like impersonate some of the dead heroes. For them to come back as, like, the villains, air quotes, mm-hmm. for a movie. I feel like that would be kind of interesting. I think that's really just a way to bring back characters, actors that they've written out of the series. Which is fine. But they wouldn't keep them. They would just be, I know. again, they would just be... I know. They'd I'm still be saying, dead. They'd still be dead. I'm saying, like, this seems like a way to write back, to a, an excuse to bring back certain characters, at least as a one-off. I don't think it would work as a story. I, I guess I need to... As a, as a film. I, I don't know what... I'm trying to think about what the Skrulls coming to Earth, knowing that there are Skrulls that are with us on our side right now, mm-hmm. how they would succeed in their plan if there were Skrulls that were that knew that this thing could happen, like knew that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we have shapeshifters that know 
Like, we know what they can do. So I feel like if there were people that were doing this type of thing on Earth, we would be able to be like, yeah, well, no, we get it. Like, they're shapeshifters. Let's let's fucking get rid of these guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who, I, feel, I feel like with having some scrolls that are good, it makes the plot of, like... Who knows about the scrolls in the MCU right now? I mean, Fury and Fury Marvel. Fury and Captain Marvel. That's it. So if Bad Scrolls showed up and started doing this with characters who are already in play who again aren't deceased uh they could potentially get themselves in a situation like they get power if they since shield doesn't exist anymore but the shield seems to um shield at the time seemed to uh report to a larger organization a more powerful organization whatever like thunderbolt ross works for Mm -hmm. if they got themselves into a position like that they could you know cause a lot of damage to earth or at least set things up for them to be in a a good position i guess hmm. that's ultimately what they would probably do do you think at the current time right now in the mcu that fury still doesn't have like his his control or at least his eyes on the remaining heroes like do you do you think that he knows what Black Panther's up to and knows what Captain Marvel's up to. Well, I'm sure he knows what Captain Marvel's up to. But, like, Black Panther, maybe not the Guardians because they're just off in fucking space. Yeah. Um, who else is alive on Earth? Ant-Man, Hawkeye, mm-hmm. uh, Bucky and fucking Falcon. Mm-hmm. What was the question again? Do you think the current state of the MCU, Fury, knows what these people are up to and or is in contact with them? It's tough to say. It, it could it could go really either way. I don't know what what his connections still are. Like he doesn't have an all seeing eye, but he clearly is in the know with the right people for the most part. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to think without knowing too much about the comic, Secret mm-hmm. Invasion, trying to figure out what what the scroll could offer in a negative way. If it's again like another you know, group of scrolls that aren't happy and are just trying to fucking whatever. Typically as it is with the case of the aliens, they, they just want a new planet and our planet seems to be like the fucking hot place to be. So they're like, yeah, let's just take over this planet for us. Do you think that all of the talk about the multiverse in this movie was like actually hinting at the multiverse or just fucking his fucking tomfoolery um i mean obviously mysterio was lying about it yes but do you think it's like also kind of just like them using the mentioning of it as like a let's just get people open to the idea that this could be a thing at some point like do you think that was the part of the purpose of it like i know like what mysterio is doing is fabricating a story Mm -hmm. to make it sound believable but is it also setting because they could have done this movie without doing that. Like, he still could have, you know, made shit up. He, he could have literally just said, I'm from another planet, mm-hmm. where the same type of thing happened. You know what I mean? He didn't have to say multiverse. He didn't have to go into, I had an Earth once. You know what I mean? He didn't have to do that. But we're introducing this concept to moviegoers. Is it to eventually, down the line at some point, you know, Fury walks in a fucking room with a fucking manila folder, and he's just like, "Hey, 
Remember that time fucking Quentin Beck mentioned this? Apparently, apparently he wasn't so off base or something stupid like that. You know what I mean? To be a callback to that, but also like, hey, the fucking multiverse is real. Uh, I think that's a reach, but I mean, whatever. I mean, is it a reach? Why would it be a reach? Because, um... Think about it. Mm-hmm. In the first Ant-Man, they mention the quantum realm. They mention it. Mm-hmm. Second Ant-Man, same thing. Second Ant-Man was a little bit closer to the other events, so it like made more sense. But them opening up the concept of, hey, these things exist. But they op- it's not that they open up the concept. It's like, no, this they said up front, like, this thing exists. Uh, we don't know how to get back from it. Whereas in this movie, it was more like, hey, there's a multiverse. Not really. I just was fucking with you guys. I mean, it could really exist. Mm-hmm. I can't prove it. He also does thing. call Earth Earth C-137, though, or whatever. He calls it 616, which is the comic book. I mean, comic book. Yeah, uh, listen, I'm, and, a, I'm not saying that Quentin Beck was from the multiverse, because he wasn't, yeah. or saying that he knew about it, because I'm he sure doesn't. he didn't. Yeah. But I'm saying it's just potentially, like, opening up. This is like a non-plot so the movie this is just like a mm. hey we're going to introduce this concept in a very light way it's fake whatever but we're going to introduce it so that down the line it doesn't maybe seem as far-fetched to moviegoers if we bring it up so here's my question then or let me see if i can phrase it right if they could just bring it up now why can't they just bring it up when it actually exists they don't need to open us up to it. If we were, if we were I don't to think accept it, I don't it, think, I don't think the idea of what I'm trying to explain is meant for me and you. Mm-hmm. It's meant for someone who hasn't seen all of the movies, someone who doesn't care as much, someone but, who doesn't know that the multiverse could even be a thing in yeah. this universe. But if they, in the marketing that they mention the multiverse and all that stuff, mm-hmm. if they were receptive to that, just in the marketing, why don't they just, like, they don't need to open it up in the marketing and then pull the rug under you and say, hey, it doesn't really exist. They could just open it up to you as like, hey, there's a multiverse now. Mm-hmm. And the person can walk in the theater and be like, okay, I know now that there's a multiverse. I can, I'm already open to the idea because you guys told me it was a thing that was going to happen. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's, like Again, I, the, I feel like there is a reason they bring it up because again, they could do this exact same movie, exact same plot. Mm-hmm. And Quentin could not talk about the multiverse, and it would be fine. He could just say he's from another Honestly, planet. Honestly, I think the multiverse thing was probably more to get people who were aware of the multiverse in like invest in the film as opposed to anything else. It wasn't to get... Okay, maybe that's it, too. It doesn't... Because they could have made this movie without mentioning it. They could have. Yeah. I they, think there's a... They chose... So maybe that is the reason. They chose... But I do think there is a... They chose to use 616 yes, because they knew how book person 100%. It was... Ch- so then I am off base, potentially. Maybe it was meant to peak because I mean, going into it, I was like, "Sorry, are they fucking? Are we going in multiverse now? We're just fucking going head heads in." Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe it was meant for the geekier people to be like, "Hey, we're gonna fucking fool you." Like, maybe we're going like into multiverse. The multiverse thing. They know comic book person would know Mysterio is the bad guy. Okay. So the whole the whole movie, I'm like, he's gonna turn. When is he gonna fucking turn? Just fucking mm-hmm. turn already. Like, what's going on here? I don't know. I didn't think about it that way. You might be right. That seems to make more sense, actually. Um, when I was watching the movie... Uh, you spoiled w- something else on Reddit for yourself? No. So, the credits were rolling still. We had already done the first 
we did the mid credit scene. We were all sitting there waiting for the after credit scene. Uh, there was a person in the row in front of me. I forget if he started talking before the after credit scene started or after, but he was like talking and it was kind of loud to the point where like it was distracting at the time, but I think I'd assumed he would stop talking once, you know, the last scene would pop up. But he was still talking like pretty loudly while the scene was playing. And there was an older gentleman sitting to his left that eventually he's like, hey, you know, shut up or something like that. And the guy I was talking fucking didn't care. So the older gentleman like threw his hat at him. And uh, I feel like that still didn't stop him. Or maybe he, he did stop at that point. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the guy was getting up, um, the guy that was talking was like, hey, you know, the movie was over. And the older guy's like, bro, you know this is a Marvel movie. You know there's shit that happens at the end. Um, which is true. I mean, I, I couldn't quite hear what he was saying before. So I can't tell if the guy was sitting there still because he was, you know, aware that there was an after credit scene mm-hmm. and he was just a dick that was talking or if he was saying something about, because it was one of those places where, like, they served food. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's, like, waiting for a check or something. Hmm. But, like, he was sitting there talking pretty loudly. And I, like, I wish I was that man that threw the hat. <laughs> I don't wear hats. I wouldn't have threw a hat. Um, to to kind of clarify something that actually makes more sense. I don't know if they could have had the exact same plot if they didn't mention the multiverse because I forgot this key thing which uh, Queen of Sprinkles in the Twitch chat right now mm-hmm. reminded me um, bah, bah, bah. it was to ex- he used the multiverse as a way to explain to Fury and Maria exactly where he knew the attacks would be because he kept saying they kept they happened in the same mm-hmm. coordinates on my home planet mm-hmm. on my earth Yeah. so maybe yeah. maybe not I don't mm-hmm. know I mean, they could, they still could have figured a way out, maybe to do it. Could have figured a way out, but that was an easy way to explain. Hey, they're going to happen right here. Mm-hmm. So, but that also makes me remember. It sounded like Fury still had all of this tech in the sky, watching things, because he said that he fooled Fury's satellites into thinking that too. Mm-hmm. So Fury must have a fucking pretty close eye on at least Earth still. Yeah, and like who's doing who, you know, who's where and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Thank you for that. Make us look like less less of the idiots that we are. Uh, fuck, we went pretty long. Yeah. Any other wrap up thoughts you want to mention here about nah, this show? Really. All right. It was a good film though. I would again. I would probably put it's some, probably somewhere in my top seven. I'd have to really sit down and think about it. Endgame is is probably still my number one. I think you liked Infinity War better. Uh, I liked. Did I like Infinity War? Uh, I don't know because I think Infinity War was probably a good film all around whereas Endgame was like it was good but it was like a fan service-y good yeah I don't know they're both really good for me they're one and two like that's for me no question they're one and two Um, actually I do I might want to actually take back a statement I made earlier too now that I'm thinking about it the Mysterio fight is really good mm. but the final fight in fucking Endgame well not the final fight specifically Cap with the hammer versus Thanos yeah. in Endgame that still might be my favorite fight that fight is so good to me I love that fight the whole end fight scene is great the whole fucking battle but that specific scene it fucking it's good simply because you get Cap with the hammer which is great you get this 
awesome fight. And then it turns from like, oh shit, Cap's about to fuck this dude up to, no, I'm Thanos and I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of you right now and like make me think personally at least. I don't know if this is like a more widespread thought, but when he's like beating down on his shield and it starts shattering, I'm like, he's about to fuck fucking kill. Like Cap is dead. Like this is mm-hmm. fucking game over. Yeah. And then shortly after, fucking gets up, spits out the blood on your left. That's a fucking good moment, Mike. Yeah, it was good. That still might be my favorite fight scene. But regardless, even if it's even if it that's still number one, the Mysterio scene is probably number two. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's just really good effects. Like it's a really just cool scene all around. Yeah. Like I I like what they do. I actually like. Like I like how much it fucks with him. You, you that, how you say that? It does remind me of Scarecrow because the way he talks to him throughout it. Yeah. Um. When he has Tony come out of the grave too, that's a fucking yeah, cool was... scene. I, like that fucked me up. I was like, don't do that to the poor kid. Yeah. Fuck. He gets fucked up. He gets hit by a fucking train. He gets hit by a train. Oh, that's Spidey. Rough. Peter. Peter. Um, but before we wrap things up here, this episode of the Past the Control podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night, or now Sundays as well, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's right. Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. From 7 to 11 on Friday and Saturday and 5 to 10 on Sundays, you can head on down to Higginson Square or their new Washington Square location at the Carriage House and get yourself a delicious fatty. If you're unaware of what a fatty is, you can check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty and educate yourself on these tasty, tasty treats. And if you want to dig a little bit deeper and see what else they got to offer you on the mornings now, you can go to at Good Morning Fatty and peep that new breakfast pretty good stuff mike yeah it's pretty good stuff mm-hmm. as always you can find us on the internet at pastthecontroller.io on twitter and on instagram at pastcontroller and on twitch at twitch.tv slash pastcontroller each and every week we upload a new episode of the past control podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms if you're a fan of the show and want to help support us keep the show going you can go over patreon.com slash pastthecontroller and become a patron you can join our discord server mm-hmm. And uh, keep the conversation going with us and the rest of our community. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to really support us, you can go to pastthecontroller.threadless.com and get yourself some sort of dope shirt or sweatshirt or, you know, swag in that manner. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got, Mike. Where can people find you? They can. I'm in the multiverse. I'm in I'm on Earth. I'm on Earth fucking C927. I'm just – and not really, but I want to, you know, give you guys – make you guys think that the multiverse possibly exists so that way in the future when we reveal it you'd be like oh kind of like the multiverse that didn't really exist seven movies ago well it's funny because you know mike his coordinates in every universe is actually the same so if you want to find them at underscore mycopath you can and you can find me at big room and thank you for listening to this week's episode of the past control podcast episode 149